we're in a series called the Power Series. Would you say that with me? Power. power. Come on, say it like you mean. Say power. power. And so if you weren't here last week, we just a little two-part series. And uh, we started the this series on what the Scripture teaches us. Um, and what we did was we looked at Jesus had power. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. I mean, he told Hurricane Katrina to stop. Well, it wasn't Katrina, but it was a bad storm. I mean, he, he, I mean, Jesus, like, walked in this power. And we, we saw that this power came upon him when the Holy Spirit came upon him. And we looked at the scriptures. As Jesus said the same spirit that rose, or the scripture says the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will also dwell in you and me. And Jesus said, greater works than what I did, you will do. And so there is this understanding in Scripture that not only did Jesus walk in power, but then we looked at how the New Testament Christians, they all walked in power. Peter's shadow was healing people. Stephen, Stephen was just, Stephen was just a dude in the church, and they're like, hey, we need somebody to help with the widows because they're not getting fed properly. Okay, I'll take time out of my business and go do that. And the Bible says he was doing crazy miracles amongst the people. The New Testament church had this power surging through them. And then, friend, can I just help you understand something? That same power is supposed to be in you and I. And this is, I don't know how things have happened over the last few 50 to 100 years where people kind of lost the understanding. But God never intended for you and I to somehow figure out this Christian walk and live this thing out powerless. He knew that we couldn't even live by the, by the Torah, by the, by the, by the, by the law. And, and, and not only did, did Jesus come and fulfill the law, and he lived perfectly, and he didn't sin. And, and, and the Bible says, and then we're supposed to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, or follow Jesus. But Jesus then gave us his Holy Spirit to live and dwell and empower us to do the same, to overcome. In fact, Mark 17 says it like this. He says, and these signs shall follow those who believe. How many of you believe? Say me. There you go, five of you. There you go. One more time. How many of you believe? Say me. There you go. Oh, there's the rest of you. These signs shall follow. It's talking about miraculous signs. It gives a list of them right there. It's unbelievable. Last week, our key scripture was this. It'll be on the screen. You can look it up in your own Bible if you like. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. He says, I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with, everybody say power. Until you've been clothed with power from on high. I have two purposes with today's message. Two critical pieces that I'm believing is going to transpire in my life and in your life. Number one, that the truth of God's word today will literally, uh, will literally activate and destroy the hindrances that keep you and I from accessing his power or accessing his power. That the hindrance, the things that keep us from being men and women who heal the sick, raise the dead, overcome our own sin, that, that power that's supposed to be flowing through us, whatever hinders us, that that would be removed through the word of God. Number two, and that instruction... That will be able to give you clear instruction on the combustible elements that it takes to really see the explosion of power in mind in your life. And so today, as we jump into that, I want to say a little prayer over us that your mind and your heart and your spirit man would be open to the power of God flowing through you like God intended. Father, I thank you for every man and woman that calls Church on the Hill home. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that everything that hinders, everything that's been confusing, everything that's been weird in their life past, that, Lord God, would be removed so the power of God could flow through them, that they could be like Jesus, so that they could do what you did, Jesus, so that we could be like you in all we say and do, and we can see the power of God surging through our lives. We ask these things to be so in Jesus' name. And everybody 
shouted amen and amen and amen. A couple weeks ago, Amy and Tony, I don't know where you sat down at. There you are right there. So uh, Amy can uh, shout out if I'm lying. Uh, Amy brings her mom to me, and she says, Pastor, pray for my mom. I think it was the next day, Monday, I guess she was going to potentially have surgery that next couple of days. And uh, her mom had had uh, something had transpired, so her cornea had uh, detached in her eye. And they were going to they were going to cut her cut her the next day or the next couple of days that week she was going in for uh, the surgery and mom did not want to have the surgery and that right Amy she's like oh, I don't want to do this and uh, and so she said well get let's get Pastor Adam pray for you so they brought her up to me and I was standing there and and she said would you pray that uh, pray over my mom in this situation I said absolutely so I started praying. And as I was praying for her, I felt the power surge. I don't know what else to call it. I just felt like the power of God just went boom and did it right then and there. And, I, and when we finished praying, I looked at her and I prophetically said, I don't think you're going to have to be cut on. You may have to have some other things happen, but I feel like God just healed you. I think, I think that you can stand on that. She said, oh, okay, amen, amen. Well, I don't know, Wednesday or so, Amy started calling all of us. You're not going to believe it. It's a miracle. That lady, that cornea reattached itself, and she did not have to have surgery. Go on with Jesus. Anyway, so we're talking about power today. Everybody say power. Come on. There, uh, this word in this passage of our key scripture today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. I'd like you to open there or you can look at it on the screens. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, Paul is, is, is clarifying the power of God flowing through you and I. He calls it in jars of clay. Now, in our era that we live in, when we've got leftovers, we put them in these amazing plastic containers, lock them down, and we put them in the fridge, or if they're, you know, they don't need to be refrigerated on the cabinet or whatever. But in Bible times, they had clay jars, and they would put the same thing, anything that they needed to keep or store, anything they needed to keep airtight and they would they would lock them down in, in their capacity how they did it and but they had these jars of clay and so Paul is using their present you know way that they did things uh, to make a spiritual understanding he said we have this treasure something very special in these jars of clay and he's making a great illustration because we know that Adam was created from the dust of the earth God took the earth took the mud the dirt he fashioned it in the form of man and they breathed in him the breath of life. And then, of course, Eve was taken from the side. And so Paul is making this connection that we're just, we're from dust to dust, as, as the preacher says at the funeral, from dust to dust. In other words, we come from the dirt of the ground, we're going to go back to the dirt. All of this is just going to, you know, rot away. And so literally Paul is saying, in these jars of clay, we have a treasure. And look what he says. He says, treasure that is all surpassing Power is from God and not from us. Paul is saying, listen, we're doing all these miracles. This crazy stuff is happening. Friend, this is a treasure that's from God that's inside of us. It's not us. We don't have the power to heal people. We don't have the power to tell a hurricane to stop. We don't have the ability to raise the dead. But there is a treasure inside of us, this all-surpassing power that's not from us, that's from God living and breathing and abiding inside of us. Friend, can I explain something to you? This word power in the original Greek is a word called dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. I think it'll be on the screen for you. Give them that, please. Next slide. It's this word dunamis. And this word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite, explosion. 
So he's saying we have this explosion dunamis as a gift from God, a treasure from God in us. Don't think it's us. We ain't doing that. We just fleshly, we're just fleshly, sinful, carnal dudes and dudettes that are doing our best to serve God. But inside of us is a treasure, is a dunamis, is an explosive power from God, the Holy Spirit living and abiding in us. And this dunamis, that word dunamis is the same word from our key scripture last week that was found, you know, that passage in Luke 24 and he says go and wait for the dunamis and then also we quoted Acts 1 8 last week and he says listen go and wait for the power of God the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you the dunamis power this explosive power so Paul here in Corinthians is talking about the same power he's saying we got dunamis inside of us we didn't do nothing we just received it and don't think that we did it it's just God it's this power flowing through us to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, to overcome our own sin, to be, uh, to be empowered by God to live like Jesus. Friend, this is what seems to be missing in a lot of Christians. This seems to be, you know why our young people don't want to serve God? Because it's dead to them, because they never see the power at work. My kids love Jesus today because they've seen me go after and walk within and access the power of God, access it and move in it and see blind eyes open and see miracles happen. And friend, that's what it was always supposed to be. It was never supposed about just coming on a Sunday for an hour and a half and giving a little tip if you liked it and somehow getting a little latte and I hope I feel good about reading the Bible a little bit today. We were supposed to be the power of God on the planet, changing lives and people going, oh my God, how in the world did you just do that? And say, look, dude, I'm just an idiot, but the power of God lives and dwells in me, and I know how to ex- access it and use it for his glory, and yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? And they're like, oh my God, I'll never forget praying for people on the streets all the time. I mean, early on in my Christian walk, we would always go out in front of the clubs and people who were loaded out of their mind and we would lay hands on them, all of a sudden they become sober and they get mad at me because they lost their bus, right? Because we're praying the power of God and then all of a sudden prophesying to them and telling them things and they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, dude, I don't know anything. It's just the power of God dwelling a treasure that has been deposited in me. His name is the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Say yes. And so today... What I wanted to do is, um, as I want to kind of help you see some of the hindrances. So I want to start there. So we're going to look into some of the hindrances that keep us from accessing or accessing the power of God. Now, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives and abides in you. The reason why that is, is because no man can come to Christ unless the Spirit draws him. And once you and I make a decision for Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, comes and begins to dwell inside of us. We see clearly in Scripture then an immersing in the Holy Spirit, a power surge that happens that is kind of a separate experience. It sometimes happens all at the same time. It just, it just, it, there's this power surge that you and I need to be after and know about and experience and live in. Uh, and we'll look at a couple passages where they didn't even know about it. So the first hindrance, you and I really moving in the power of God, number one is a lack of understanding. Number one is a lack of understanding. And we see this experience that, that we had in the book of Acts with the men of Ephesus. So Paul goes to Ephesus, and he finds these 12 disciples, these 12 dudes who are serving God, okay? And so he approaches them in, in Acts chapter 19 and verse 2. So they're obviously a part of the church. Paul, Paul approaches them because they're a part of the body of believers there. And so Paul approaches them in verse 2. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We didn't know anything about that. And then Paul goes into this discussion with them. He goes, well, what baptism did you receive? They said, we, we received the baptism of John. And he said, that's a baptism unto repentance. 
In other words, I want to serve God. I don't want to be like this anymore. I want to repent of my sins. That was the baptism that we had. In other words, that they repented of their sins. And they said, he said, that's, they said, that's the only baptism we knew of. He said, and, and how many of you remember the passage of Scripture when John sees Jesus and he baptizing? But John says this, I baptize you in water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me. There's one coming after me, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's better in Spanish. With the Holy Ghost and with fuego. Doesn't that sound so much better? He, he, listen, he not, it's not just going to be about repentance with him. He's going to give you power, his Holy Spirit power. So there's a separate baptism, if you will. Now, today we're going to do water baptism after this service, and that's a baptism of declaration of your service to God. I am going to serve the Lord. Uh, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make you say water baptism is for those who've already said, I am a follower of Jesus, I've accepted him, but I want everyone around me to know that I, I belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what water baptism is. Because we see clearly that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that we are then cleansed and forgiven of our sins. And so what he's then talking about is this Holy Spirit baptism. They said, we don't even know there is such a thing. He says, you don't. He said, well, first off, let's make sure you in the right name, in the name of Jesus, he baptized him. And then it says, he lays hands on them. Look in verse 6. And when Paul placed his hands on them, there you go. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Can you imagine? They were just standing there, and he laid his hands on them. All of a sudden, they started, and prophesying, dude, I just feel like God wants me to tell you you're going to do this. Like, oh, my God, how'd you know that? I don't know. Just God told me. Just amazing power surge. Right here. Pretty cool. Now, last week I taught you this, this piece, and I want to divert for a second for those of you that weren't here. I thank God for a beautiful prayer language. I have, I have a prayer language, or I pray in other tongues. Most of our leaders do as well. But, friend, can I tell you something? Tongues is not a prerequisite for heaven. In fact, tongues is a wonderful part of the process, but it is not the process. God wants you to have power. And I don't know where we all got confused. And, and, you know, you can't have power if you don't pray in tongues. There's no real clarity of that in Scripture. God wants you and I to have power. Say it with me. Power. He wants you and I to have dunamis flowing through our lives. And I don't know when the church started getting, picking apart all these pieces. Well, you don't pray in tongues. Well, you don't do this. You don't do that. And I'm sorry for all the confusion. But friend, not in this church. We're going to teach you what the Word of God says. And so because of a lack of understanding, people just like, man, never mind, forget that. I don't even know if I want it. I don't really understand it. I hear this, you know, my grandma does this, la, 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 la. I don't know what that is, but it's crazy. I don't know what that is. I mean, how do I learn that language? And it became all about some language instead of about the power. What a great trick of the enemy. What a great divisive tool to keep you and I from healing the sick raising the dead, walking in the excitement. Last week we talked about the reason why all the movies out now are all about something supernatural and something powerful is because something inside of us yearns, yearns for something bigger than ourselves, something more than our little finite humanity. And God never intended for you and I to live powerless. And somehow it hurts my heart that some of you trudge through Christianity just trying to be good. Can I explain something to you? You can't be good enough. You have a flesh. You have a sin nature. That's why he said in jars of clay, in these earthen vessels, in these little sinful fleshly bodies, the power of treasure of God is inside of us, doing supernatural things through us and in us, changing us, changing our desires, our wants. All these things are happening through the power of God that abides in us as we accept it and ask for and receive 
the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And I can't tell you how many, how many people are just getting so brokenhearted over and like, bro, you don't have to live like this. Why are you living powerless? And you go back to the same addiction. You're back to the same broken relationships and you can't stop it. Why? Because you have no power. He never intended that ever. Friend, if I could do anything today, is I would stir you to the place of knowing your God and knowing that the creator of the world, of all of humanity, of every universe that's ever been created, that creator wants to live inside of you. His Holy Spirit, a power flowing through you so that you can do all the things that Jesus did. That was his intention. That's what he has for you, that you and I need to just get past our hindrance. So the first hindrance that I see in Scripture and I just see in life is the lack of understanding. I love John Maxwell's quote here. Look at this one on the screen. Environment is the first influencer in our belief system. Let that sink in for a second. Environment is the first influencer in our belief system. Do you realize that what you believe and why you believe it is because of the environment that you've been a part of? Those of you that come from broken homes, you don't really believe that marriages can stay together down deep inside of you. You have a doubt that it can really happen. We got saved, me and my mom and my stepdad, we got saved in a denominational setting that didn't believe in the power. And so we didn't believe in it until we interacted with someone that had this power surge in their life and they started telling us about it. We're like, either you a crackhead or there's something about this thing. And over time, we said, Our, we're suffering so much being powerless, and you seem to have overcome these things. I would rather out, get outside of our comfort of environment that we were trained in to experience something what you keep saying that you have. Can I explain something to you? You may have come from an environment that told you this is how it's supposed to be or this is what it's like, and you don't realize that that environment or that teacher and that way of doing things has actually kept you from experiencing what God has for you. And I, I, I tell you, I've had that experience as well. Oh, but my hunger to know Jesus and to have the fullness of what he had for me outweighed what other people taught me and what other people were scared of. Here's the second hindrance, and it kind of goes along with the first one, and that is ne- negative experiences. Some of you don't have the power of God Um, really moving in it because of some negative experiences that you've had over the years. I understand that. And I had some negative experiences. In fact, I'll tell you about one. I was was here ministering uh, at a local church in the DFW area. And uh, somehow this man, this pastor in the Carolinas got a hold of my name and someone told him, you you want to get Adam McCain. He is a young adult guru. This guy had a big, thriving, explosive mega church. And, you know, I was in my my late 20s, early 30s. And you need to get this guy. He's an up-and-coming big-name minister. You want him. And so this guy found me and somehow contacted me and and, uh, said, listen, I feel like you're supposed to come and work with me. He was convinced that God had spoken to him. I said, nah, it's not the Lord. I'm not supposed to come. A couple weeks later, I'm doing our young adult service and in walks this man and he introduced himself. He says, hey, I'm the worship pastor at, uh, at this church in the Carolinas. And my pastor contacted you. We really felt you were supposed to be on the team. I was like, oh, yeah, great. And so he sat through our service. And after the service, we tore, tore everything down. We're standing in the parking lot. He's standing around. And he comes over to me. And he starts doing that whole thing, you know, where well, the Lord says, brother. A word for the Lord. And that, he began to prophesy. And, uh, <laughs> and he began to tell me. And this is what he said. The Lord says he sees a great anointing on your life. It's not being properly used here. God says that he's got a place for you in the Carolinas. He says he has a plan for you. Do not reject the Lord's calling, the Lord's movement. Friend, can I tell you something? Even Satan himself can say the Lord said. And so I looked at this guy. 
And I let him go for a little bit. And finally, when he was done, I said, listen, let me explain something to you. First off, that's not God. Second off, if you ever touch me again, I'm going to knock you in your face. I'm going to punch you right in your nose. You understand me? You need to leave right now. Can I explain something to you? That was a bad experience. I can't tell you how many years it took for me to, every time somebody would say, I feel like God says, I'm like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many experiences. And, and can I, but, but thank God I didn't let that negative experience keep me from the power that God had intended for me. Because I'll tell you why. Because seven, eight years ago, God woke up a man out of his sleep and gave him the name Adam McCain. And he began to write the prophetic word that God gave him. And God said, there's to be a church called Church on the Hill in Cedar Hill. Tell Adam McCain, I want him to do it. I want him to stop all the traveling, changing the world overseas. And I want him to do a church called Church on the Hill. The man didn't know me. I didn't know him. He tracked me down through relational lines, had a handwritten piece of paper, brought it to my house, handed it to me. So this is what God told me to tell you. I read it. I fell on my face under the power of God. Had I let a negative experience dominate my life and cut off the power that God wanted, you and I would not be here today. All because of somebody being an idiot. Do not let the negative experiences keep you from the power that God has. Listen, I know there's all kinds of crazy people. I see them pushing people all the time, calling it God. I've been the guy. I've been the guy that they come to in a long, long line. They're laying hands, hallelujah, fuego del Espíritu Santo, fire, fire, fire. And they lay hands on me and I'm like, let's go. They lay hands on me, and I'm like, listen, if God's that powerful, he can knock me down. If he needs to knock me down to operate on me, then he can do it in and of his own strength. I don't need you to push on me. And they'll start pushing, and, fo- and then they get frustrated, and then they walk off, and I look up, and I'm the only one that hadn't given him a courtesy fall. I'm the only one just not falling just to make him, that, that guy feel good about his ministry. And so when, at the end of it all, I'm somehow the bad guy because I didn't give a courtesy fall. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's shenanigans. That has nothing to do with the power of God. I'm sorry. So let let me just explain something to you. If you let your 16-year-old, if you let your 6-year-old drive your Mercedes just because they're taller than most 6-year-olds, and when they crash it into the tree and hurt a lot of other people, you cannot be mad that you let a six-year-old do what a 21-year-old should have been doing. This is what's happened in Christendom. Because those guys are just stupid enough to say, let the fire flow through me, the power, the power. And we've let little immature people walk in the power because we've been scared of it and we've let them dominate the scenarios on TV, come on now, on YouTube and in churches and they didn't have the character and integrity to uphold the power of God to minister to others and so they've done dumb, stupid things that have crashed and hurt a lot of people and so you and I are like, well then it's all bad. Friend, that is not what the scripture says. He gave you the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you and I as believers. You and I need to stop squinting squelching it, we need to stop quenching it, and we need to let the power of God flow through our lives, and let me tell you something, your grandkids will say, mama, that's what I want to be one day, I want to be like grandma, I want to be like grandfather, I want to be like uh, uh, the young adult over in the rally ministry over there, that guy out there, he's doing crazy stuff for God, why, because we have come past the place of the negative experiences, the environment that we grew up in or experienced, and we actually access, listen, that's why last week I told you, if you were here last week, I said, listen, go home and study this out. Met with a, a, a lady this week that I love with all of my heart. She lacks power. 
And I sat there with her, and we had a similar background experience, how we grew up in church. And Jamie and I met with her, and we ministered her. And then I told her this. I said, I want you to go home, and I want you to read the book of Acts. And I want you to decide for yourself, do you want this kind of power that God has for you? I didn't force my way into that. I know that's what she needs. That's what she's struggling with. But that's not, that's not my role to force that. And this is where people have made their mistakes. And that's why we got young people like, man, I don't know. Somebody tried to get me to go, la 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 That didn't mean anything to me. Because we made that the point of reference instead of what Jesus made. And ye shall receive, say it with me, power, dunamis, dunamis. And here, let me give you our last and final hindrance that I have found. And I see it clearly in Scripture. And that is, number three, fear. Fear. Scared of what people are going to think. Scared of complete, giving complete control over the Holy Spirit. Can I, can I just help you with something? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I, I, you know, I've seen the movies. I've been in the services where people, and that kind of stuff. He will not force you to act like that. Any more than a person who's drunk can't really control themselves. I'm drunk. I don't know that I'm about to cuss you out. Yes, you do. Say it. See if I don't slap you upside your head. You may be a little less inhibited, but you know what you're saying. You know what you're doing. He doesn't force his will on us. And I'm sorry that that has somehow been illustrated to you, but you have no fear of that. The power of God that's going to flow through you is going to be so sweet and so awesome. And it's going to change your life. And you're going to be like, why have I waited so long to access or access the power? What have I been thinking? Fear. Fear dominated you. Dominated me for a number of years. Fear of being humiliated. Fear of looking back. Fear of, fear of uh, losing, you know, some credit with somebody or something. I don't know. But friend, I want to tell you something. They said, who are these men who are turning the world upside down? Talking about the disciples. But we can tell they've been with Jesus. These unlearned, uneducated, just common dudes. How are they changing the world? Because they've got the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through them. <laughs> that changes everything. So let me move you a little further. The next piece I want to take you to are what are the elements, the combustible elements to get the power kind of flowing through you. So to illustrate that today, I, uh, I kind of made a video for you. I think it'll help you get a picture. Play that for him for just a moment. Hey guys, we're talking about power and I can't wait to show you how power can be explosive in our lives and do a little bit of science experiment here and show you the power that can happen when you take two different elements that literally are safe by themselves, but you mix them together and you get an explosion. In fact, all the hydrogen bombs, all the bombs you know about over the world, they are a mix of different elements coming together. In and of themselves, they're just fine. You say, well, pastor, what elements are you going to mix? I'm not telling you because there are some husbands in this congregation. You're going to try this in your back and blow off your fingers. We're professionals. It won't happen for us. But let me show you what you do. So you'll take a couple of different compounds, secret compound, you can't know what this is, and you put them in there together and you mix them in. Let's see if I can get this right here. There we go. Oh, I'm getting it all over the place. There we go. Get that out the way. Put this in there together. And my friends, you can wait to see what's going to happen. somebody so 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 look the spirit of the lord abides in you so now all we got to do is get the right 
the right components, the right elements mixed so that we can get that power surge that you need in your life. <laughs> I don't want to blow up. I want to still be here. No, I'm talking about getting the power of God flowing through you so that you can change the world and so you can overcome your own sinfulness and your own, your own shortcomings. So let's start with the first power, if you will, the first power element that I think you need to have mixed in there. Number one is a real love for Jesus. Guys, I'm going to just tell you something. Most of the problem we're seeing is with, with people who misappropriate the power, they don't love Jesus. It's about themselves. It's about selfish ambition. Jesus laid down his life. A real love for Jesus. That's what burns in the hearts of men and women here at church. I just want to love Jesus. I just, I just want to be like Jesus. I'm not, I'm not trying to build a ministry on, you know, I'm not getting a website, you know, you know www. Uh, you know, I will heal you, send me money.com. I, 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 just, I just want to be like Jesus. I just really Really love Jesus. Do you really, really love Jesus? Say yes. So, so there you go. You got one of the key components right now. You already got it. You got one of the key pieces. Here's the second key element, and that is a desire to receive. Now, I'm going to help you with some doctrine here. A desire to receive. So in that passage, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, give them that scripture, please. It says, but you will receive. Everybody say receive. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word receive in the Greek, that word receive doesn't sound as good to us in English. It, it doesn't mean the same thing in English how we normally use the word receive. That word receive is the word lambano. Everybody say lambano. Let's say it like you're Italian, lambano. There you go, close enough. Anyway, and that means to take a hold of, to grab a hold to it. It's what we would call a wide receiver. Now, you, I want you to picture a receiver. Now, a wide receiver uh, uh, goes out as soon as that ball is hiked. And he does whatever he has to do to get a hold of that ball. He will knock the guy down. And, and, then, and then the moment the ball is thrown, what's the first thing that that receiver does? Puts his hands up. Why? Because he wants to catch it. He wants to grab it. And he'll go up. And he'll knock everybody down that he has to, to get a hold to it. And we call that receiving. Now, imagine if that guy was like, look, if you want me to have it, you'll just get it to me. You know. I mean, if he really wants me to have it, I guess he'll just give it to me. If he don't give it to me, I don't really know. I don't care how great of a quarterback you are. I, I mean, you could pin it to his chest. But if he don't have his hands out, if he's not trying to take a hold to it. See, you see, it, this has much more to do about desire and want to than it has to do about, well, if he wants me to have it. I can't tell you how many of my friends have said, well, you know, Lord, just I haven't received that yet. You haven't received it because you don't want it. You haven't received because you had not gone out there and got a hold to it. This word is not like some, you know, some, you know, single woman who's been believing that, you know, her online.com is going to finally get her phone call and sitting there like, is it going to ring? Is it going to ring? Is it going to ring? That is not, I'm waiting to receive a call. I'm waiting to receive a call. This is, hey, you taking me out or what, sucker? This is get a hold to it. This is take a hold to it. And ye shall receive dunamis. You will get a hold to dunamis. The Holy Spirit will come upon you if you'll go get a hold to it and take a hold to it. Man, listen, I can't tell you how many people. Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I, if, if, if I was a quarterback and I had a guy who was on my team said, well, if he wants me to have it, he'll just get it to me. I hope he gets it to me. There's a lot of things keeping it out, keeping a lot of big dudes out here on the defense. I hope he can get it to I hope he's a good enough quarterback. God is big enough and strong enough to get it to you. The question is, do you want it? Just like I would do with my own kids. I'm not just going to give it to them. You're going to work for some of this. Seriously, you, I'm not going to just hand you the car. You're going to work a job and pay the insurance. Isn't that, how you, isn't that how you feel as a parent? Because why? Because there will be a disrespect if there's not a desire. Right? If I just give you what you need when you don't really want it, 
then you won't really respect it. And that's what's been lacking. It's one of the key elements. It's the reason I have the power of God flowing through me now, and I didn't early in my early Christian walk, because I didn't want, I was scared. I was like, I don't want that. I don't need that. I'm fine. I made Jesus my Lord. It's good enough. I read the Bible sometimes, and it's good enough. I have no idea what it's talking about, but I got one with my name and gold letters at the bottom of it. So surely that's good for something, right? As long as I get to heaven. Hallelujah. I had no idea that I had to go ahead and grab a hold to it. And once I grabbed a hold of that power and desired it and wanted it, the change it would make for my life. It's unbelievable. I'm your pastor today, not because I'm so anointed. So I'm just a, I'm a jar, I'm a bunch of dirt with a treasure of heaven inside of me that ministers to you. And you've got the same thing inside of you to minister to others. Listen, you got to want it. You got to go after it. Now, listen, in the making of this professional video, this Hollywood version video that we made for you, what you didn't see was you saw the right elements coming together and the explosion. What you didn't see is the two hours wasted when we got the elements wrong. Don't go look on YouTube. Anyway, so we started putting these elements in this thing, and we tighten it up, and it's going to explode. So we run off, and we're standing to the side, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. Ten minutes go by, and we're looking at each other, and it's like, who's going to go checking? Like, I ain't checking. Because you know, the moment I walk up to, boom, I'm the pastor with two fingers, you know. It's like, I'm preaching to you like this now. We're not gonna, so we stood there, we stood there, and finally one of us had enough courage, we're like, and it was me, by the way, Ryan. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Pastor Ryan and I did this. Actually, I think the first time you did it, and then I did it the second time, after I saw that you didn't die. And so, <laughs> that's why I'm the lead pastor right there. Some have to be sacrificed for me to be able to be the leader. <laughs> and so, Ryan goes over to it, and he touches it. He goes, it's not, it's, not, it's not hot. Okay, it didn't work. And we went back and forth trying to find the right elements. Can I tell you something? Your lack of desire is the reason why you don't have fire going through your veins. It's the reason why you don't have power. You don't, eh, 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 I don't know. It's that fear. It's that fear. It's that bad experience that you had back in the day. It's all jumbled up in it. We, we got the wrong stuff poured in there. And so we got to get the element content mixed properly so that you can have what God intended you to have. And that's the power flowing through you. So number one, first thing is a real love for Jesus. Do you have that? Say yes. Number two, a desire to receive. Go ahead and just say it by faith. Say yes. I have that too. Okay. And the third and final piece that we see clearly in Scripture is faith. It's faith. Yeah, the Bible is so full of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a great faith passage if you want to go study that. And it lines out a critical component about faith. Faith is more than just believing. Faith has this, it's this action word. It's got this element of action tied to it. And so look at James chapter 2 and verse 17. It says, in the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself, not accompanied by action, is dead. It just doesn't work. There's this moment in each and every one of us where we sense the Spirit of the Lord moving. Sometimes you'll feel Him during worship. Sometimes you'll feel Him in the shower. Some of y'all shower spirit movers, I'm going to tell you that right now. Or starts talking, it's the only time you can get away from the kids, right? <laughs> and, so, and the Lord will say things to you. You'll feel the Spirit of the Lord trying to surge a little bit. But because of fear, because of insecurity, because you've been in wrong environments where that wasn't, that wasn't lived out properly, you didn't know what to do with it. I want you to know something. 
as you act upon those things. I, I told the first service about Gabby and Stephen. They're, they're one of my favorite couples in the whole church. They've been with us from the very start of the church. And they've gotten saved with us or gotten right with God with us. And Gabby's this amazing. She, she works in our kids' ministry. Anyway, and it, we prayed for Gabby to, to have the power of God flow through her. It was cool. It was so cool. And then that next week, she went to her favorite resale shop. And she was standing there checking out. And all of a sudden, the power started surging. And she felt like she was supposed to tell this lady across the, you know, across the desk. The lady checking her out. She's supposed to tell her something. And Gabby's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And she just went ahead and, by faith, acted. I'm sure she was scared. This was new to her, that she's going to miss it. I'm sure she's worried that this woman's going to think she's a crackhead. She's got all those fears going. And anyway, she overcame her fear with faith by just saying, ma'am, I'm so sorry to interrupt our transaction. But I just feel like God wants me to tell you such and such. She said the lady started crying, started shaking. She said, how did you know that? She said, I didn't. I'm just a jar of clay filled with the treasures of heaven, the Holy Spirit living and abiding in me, and he knew what you had need of. Can I tell you something? That's power. That's so stinking exciting. She told us that next week. She was on cloud nine for a month from one little transaction of power. Cloud nine for a month. Listen, we're constantly being attacked. We're constantly being pushed around by the enemy. As we begin to surge in power, all those little things will become momentary and light afflictions. Paul, in encouraging the young minister, Timothy, gave him a, a cry that was very powerful. He said this to him in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. And then this is the verse we quote a lot. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power, that's that word dunamis again, explosive power, and of love and of a sound mind. Here's this minister that he has to remind something. He says, I want to remind you. Why does he have to remind him? Because he wasn't remembering. What's he reminding him of? To stir up. Some of you, you've been in Christendom so long, that's awesome, and you're full of the Holy Spirit, that's so powerful and wonderful. But it's been, it's been squelched. You don't, you don't move in the power anymore. Not because you're bad or a terrible person. Life just happens. And he's telling this young minister who's on fire, he says, hey, buddy, hey, hey, I want to remind you, stir it up. Stir up that power. He says, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, for me, I pray in other tongues and it stirs it up. Second thing that I do is I go and act upon the nudgings of the Holy Spirit that's moving inside of me, even when I'm scared to death. This message was some of that. It's like, God, there's some people in our church going to think I'm cray-cray. If I teach on this. And the Lord said, yeah, but they have need of it. I said, yes, Lord, let's do what you want to do. And so I went for it. Can I explain something to you? When he tells Timothy this, it's not a, hey, buddy, uh, this is one little thing that I do. Kind of like, you know, I wash my clothes once a week. This is, hey, bro, you better stir up. You better stir up. Why? Because every devil in hell hates you and is trying to steal life from you. Suck it out of you. The treasure of heaven is inside of you. What will we do with it? Tell you, friend, we better start stirring it up. And that word in King James, is, it actually uses it. It says, fan into flames. Fan it into flames. Like when, you, uh, when you're at a, uh, you know, camping out or something, you've got the little coals, and you're trying to get a fire back started, and it's kind of died out, and you're trying to put some... But, <sighs> fan it into flames. Stir it up. Stir up. Can I tell you something? You're in the right environment to keep it stirred. Because we're that kind of church that just believes in the supernatural. And see the power of God flowing through you and I. And if you've been 
slack. I kind of picture it like the water hose. You remember when you were a kid, you'd crimp the water hose and then have your little brother or sister look in the end of it. <laughs> y'all laugh because you did the exact same thing. You ain't right. None of y'all are right. I'm an only child, so I didn't do that. But there were neighbors, right? <laughs> That's kind of what we've done for some of us. We've gotten so caught up in the pains of life and trying to fix it with our own common sense and at least stop stirring up the power of the Holy Spirit. We stop letting it loose to, to give us wisdom and guidance. Tony was telling me today the supernatural power. He was telling me how last two months ago his, his company was, he works at a car dealership. They were number one in the nation. This month, worst month they ever had, half the sales. But he made twice as much money personally. How does that happen? Power of God flowing through us as believers. I want you to stand with me all across the room. I hope that I've helped you a little bit. Now, there's a couple key components that I told you last week that I want to remind you this week. I want you to have that power. We see in scriptures that they laid hands on one another. I told you last week that we, I could call you forward and we could lay hands on everybody like, Pastor Adam's the man. But I would rather you have a safe environment with people that you trust that could pray with you to stir that power, to ignite that power in you. If you're a Christian, the Spirit of the Lord already lives inside of you. You just need a dunamis experience. You just need... But that's not going to happen if you won't lambano. Were you paying attention? If you won't go and get a hold to it, it's not going to happen. And so that happened to some of you. People tried to force the move of the Spirit on you, and you're like, nah, dude. And you came to this church because you felt it as a safe place, and we won't do that to you here either. But my prayer was that you would get past the hindrances and that you would start desiring the power of God to flow through you. Can you imagine if every member of Church on the Hill was a person who could pray for you and get you healed? Or at least believe? Can you imagine every person in Church on the Hill could say to those old temptations from the past, no, you don't have power over you. Wow, what kind of church would that be? I'll tell you what kind of church. That'd be a church, oh, I don't know, like the book of Acts. Oh, I don't know, like he intended. That's not based on one dude, but it's a whole bunch of dudes and dudettes. But the guy in the parking lot can get you healed. That did. The one watching the kids in the nursery can get you healed. And prophesied to you at the cafe. And we're all just dudes and dudettes moving in his power. That's the desire that God has for us. I'd like you to do me one favor as we go to close today. Would you just lift your hands before the Lord? I know that's a little awkward. Some of you didn't grow up in a church that did that. But just do that just for me if you don't mind. Give me a little bit of grace space here. Father, I pray right now that every man and woman with their hand lifted would lambano, desire to receive. Lord, for those of us that have squelched or crimped the hose, Lord, here now our hands are lifted. We ask you to come, come, minister to us. With your hands lifted, would you say this with me? Say, Jesus, I want your power. Say it again, Jesus, I want your power. Show me your ways. I belong to you. Holy Spirit, come. Say it again. Holy Spirit, come. Give me the power. Would you put your hands down for just a moment? Bow your heads. With every head bowed and every eye closed, today, if you're away from God, you're not a Christian, you're not sure if you die today, if you go to heaven, I'd like to pray with you. I won't embarrass you. I want you to have a private moment in a public setting. But 
you shouldn't leave this place like that. God got you here. He's been tugging at your heart. You love him or you wouldn't even have even showed up here. You won't, God. But maybe life just happened. And before you knew it, you know, you were away from him. You were in sin and didn't ever want to know, you know, embarrassed about your sin, ashamed. Friend, there's no shame here today. Jesus died on a cross so that you could always, always, always be welcomed back to himself. Jesus did every bit of it. He paid it forward. Your sins are already forgiven. If you will but confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. If you're away from God or you've never been a Christian, could I pray with you? I don't want to humiliate you, but you've got to take a step, courage. You've got to admit that to yourself, to the Lord. All of heaven is watching. Heaven and Pastor Adam, the only ones looking. Everyone else's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you and you say, Pastor, it's me, I'm ready. I need to get right with God. We're going to do a private prayer right where you're at. I'm not going to come to you. I'm just going to lead you. But you need to acknowledge you need Jesus. You need to acknowledge it's time to change. By lifting your hand across the room, if that's you, say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Quickly throw your hand up. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your honesty. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Thank you for your, thank you. Thank you for sincerity. Thank you so much. Anybody else? You can put it back down. I see it. Amen. You're so, thank you for being real. Thank you for being genuine. Just a couple more seconds. We need to move on, but I just wanted to give you that moment. Amen. You can put your hands down. Now I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance. Just mean it with all of your heart. There's nothing magical about the words. It's, you lifted your hand. That's, that's where the power was. You want God. And we're just going to seal it with a prayer. In fact, I'd like everyone in the audience to pray this out loud so you're not by yourself. But I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, today I admit I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. I come to you now and I declare Jesus is my Lord. I receive your forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let your power surge through my veins. Write my name in your book of life because I promise to serve you all the days of my life. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for just another moment. Father, I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand. May right now, may they sense the peace of God. All that trouble and stirring in their heart. All the confusion back and forth over the last few months. All the misery, all the shame. May it go now. And may only the peace of God take its place. Let it guard their hearts and their minds through Christ Jesus. And Lord, when they walk out of this place today, may they know that they know that they know they died they'd be with you that they wouldn't be rejected by you because they've asked you into their life thank you for being our lord and savior now lord you got to teach us we don't know how to serve you you got to teach us lord so everyone who lifted their hand lord god i thank you you're going to teach them the power of the holy spirit is going to guide them and that lord god they'll serve you all their days we call this as so in jesus name everybody shouted amen and amen